Hey everyone, happy 2022, happy new year, and welcome to another edition of the Players Experience Podcast. We are excited to be back after the holidays, and we are kickstarting things off with a former soccer player who played for West Ham United, Team Canada, um, and is all around a great guy, Alex Bunbury. Alex talks about his career, what it was like to represent Team Canada. On the national stage, we talk a little bit about his family and his son, who currently plays for Nashville, um, as well as really the dedication to the sport. Before we bring Alex onto the show, we want to give a shout-out to our production team, Bikmar Productions and Salty Photography, for the work that they do with the images and videos each and every week, as well as our merch a sponsor 19 marketing for the t-shirts and the hats that are always available for sale as well guys we have discount codes with the jaywalk great north apparel and hush blankets so make sure you treat yourself use the discount code and get yourself something yourself something nice for the new year as well if you haven't done it yet it's a new year it's time to start hit the subscribe button hit the bell and make sure you follow us on youtube uh, and instagram and everything for all the updates on new and exciting episodes each and every week and we hope to see you there uh each week checking out new episodes let us know what you think in the comments and we really appreciate it now without further ado let's get alex on the show and talk about his soccer career and how he went from hockey to soccer professional How's it going, man? Happy New Year. How are things? Things are good. Happy New Year to you and all your uh, followers. Um, I want to wish them a safe and healthy New Year. Obviously, 2021 has been a bit of a, a tough one for many people. And, um, but uh, as my mom would say, you, you still have to count your blessings, right? And um, I look at life that way. Uh, I count my blessings and, and I thank God each and every day for all the good things that he's given to me throughout the year. And of course, it's sad, all the bad things that have happened, but you know, we have to take it all in the right perspective, I, I think. Oh, exactly. And, and you know why it's, we've hit a low uh, to some degree and, and you can only just go up from here. Right. So exactly. That's the right way to look at it. Yeah, I like that approach. Yeah. Um, awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Um, and yeah, we'll get right into it. I like to start every episode off with a segment called rapid fire. So I'm going to ask you four questions and just the first thing okay. that mind, I want to hear. Uh, All right. What is your favorite time of day? Mornings. Okay. What is the strangest thing in your fridge right now? Oh, that's a good one. Um, uh, leftover uh, food from like a week ago. Okay. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's always interesting to hear what comes out. Yeah. yeah. You know? That'll be something like that. Cause that, yeah, my fridge is pretty much organized in terms of what I need to eat. Not much. I just, yeah, but there's something in there that's funky. I'm sure. I'm sure. Now you're a busy guy, but what is a TV show that you're currently watching? I don't, I, I honestly, I don't watch TV shows. I don't, I, I, I watch, um, what I like, I love Westerns, right? So I watch, uh, the Western channel 
I keep it on, right? I don't really watch it, but I keep it on while I'm working to keep me company, right? And <laughs> yeah, I know, I, I know, I know, I know it's weird. I just love hearing them talk and it just, and while I'm working and stuff like that, because I do a lot of more of my work from home and then, then I run my academy. And so, yeah, that's about it. I, I don't watch TV shows. I, if you were to ask me, I don't even watch my daughter's show. Don't okay. tell anyone that. We I tebo it, but I don't even watch her just, show. Just between you and I. We're, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not going all over the world right now. Yeah. <laughs> She's not going to get to hear that right now. And you know what? <laughs> don't think that's weird. I, I've been working from home since the pandemic. And right. I, like, I'll toss on a YouTube video or something while I'm working just to have that kind of background noise and, and something. Because it, it just makes me feel more productive in a weird way as well. So No, it keeps me company. Because I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a loner. I don't, I don't go out much. I don't, you know, I don't do much of that stuff. I mean, people might think that you know, because of, you know, my image and stuff like that, but I'm very, very much of a loner. I like to, I like to be alone. Uh, I lived the public life since I was 14. Yeah. You know, I was in the public eye since I was 14 and, 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 and I kind of like to just be by myself. Got to take your time to, to alone to yourself. Got to Yeah. But I like, I like to have my loved ones around me though and okay. be by myself. Yeah. Now, if you were to pick another sport outside of soccer to compete in, what would it be? Hockey. Hockey? Okay. Yeah. I grew up playing hockey in Montreal. That was my first sport. So and if your first sport, where did the passion for soccer come for you? I came from my brothers. Um, you know, I'm the youngest of 13. I have eight brothers and older, obviously older than I am, and they all played soccer. And when we migrated to Montreal, Canada, I was nine. And um, I obviously growing up in Montreal, everyone plays hockey. So if you want to hang around with your friends, you got to play, learn how to play hockey. So I, I got into it right away. But my brothers were totally into soccer, excellent soccer players, my brothers, all, all of them. And at the age of 12, my brother Tony brought me into uh, Barassa St. Leonard Soccer Club. Um, and that's how it all started. I fell in love with the sport. I just, there was just something about it that really, really aligned, aligns itself with my personality. And, 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 and I quit hockey and that was it. That was it. I know crazy, but uh, hockey would be the sport. Yeah. You know what? Being a Canadian myself, like I, I was born in Toronto. I grew up in Durham. Um, yeah. I love hockey. I play ball hockey. I cannot skate worth crap. If you've ever seen me with Sean William Scott, I am like him going up to the first day of practice. Yeah. Not using the figure skates. I got hockey skates, but right. I, it takes me like five minutes to do a lap. <laughs> I cannot skate worth crap. I, uh, yeah. I used to love skating. I mean, I used to go to the rink and outdoor rinks every, I mean, I'd be out there forever. Um, just to try to master the sport and I love skating but I can't skate anymore because of my ankles you know all the years of soccer I, I haven't played hockey I, I can't recall the last time I put on a pair of skates but I love the, I love playing the sport 2022 that's the new goal Get there you go there you go maybe I'll give it a shot yeah I'll give it a shot <laughs> well, talking about your soccer career you started with the Hamilton Steelers in 1997 uh, heading to five different clubs including West Ham United uh, or sorry yeah, until 2000. Out of your clubs you played for, which was your favorite team or city to wear the jersey in? Uh, it's got to be Maritimo um, in the, on the beautiful island of Madeira. 
don't get me wrong, playing for West Ham United, I mean, that's a dream come true, right? And, and at that time in the early 90s, there weren't too many North Americans playing at the highest level. I think you could probably name maybe two or three, and I was one of them. So it was quite an accomplishment. And I couldn't have gotten there without great support from my family and friends and a lot of supporters um, over the years. But of course, West Ham would be, most people would say West Ham United, <laughs> right? And I can understand why, but uh, Club Sport Maritimo, I spent, what, seven seasons with that club and on the beautiful island of Madeira. And, and there's something about that club, obviously, being their all-time leading scorer as well, still to this day. It, 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 I, can't, I, can't, I can't get them out of my system. There's, there's too much love for that club. But I, I'm appreciative of all the clubs that I, I was fortunate and blessed enough to represent. Hamilton Steelers, of course, they were the club that started my, launched my career. Um, they have a place in my heart. I feel like I'm a part of that city. Um, and, and then Montreal when I played for the Supra. So I, I, yeah, those are the clubs. And then I came back and played for Kansas City, um, Kansas City Wizards. So yeah, those clubs are all meaningful. But the one that really stands out to me is Club Sport Maritimo. What's it like to still see your name on top of that all-time scores list with them? Well, it's, there's something uh, about that that it's hard to explain to some degree because coming from where I, you know, I was born in South America. I was born in Guyana. Um, and my parents, my older siblings migrated to, uh, to Canada and the U.S. And, and we didn't have much growing up, you know, from a financial standpoint. But we had a lot in terms of my mom taught us a lot about faith and, and love and encouragement and all of those virtues that are so important in our daily lives and to think about this kid this this kid from Plaisance Guyana who didn't have much financially and at one point in his life he was able to play at the highest level and he's in that list that short list of players that are all-time leading scorer for a first division club in, in in Europe still to this day and, and, you know, there's so many people that you have to give thanks to. Um, of course, my country of birth, and then of course, my adopted country, Canada. Um, I was able to, I was afforded the opportunity to train and play in state-of-the-art facilities, having some of the best coaches um, in Canada. I learned to play the game in Montreal by the Italians. They taught me how to play the game. And so I'm so grateful and humble and to be able to say that as a, as a Guyanese Canadian, it's something that I'm truly proud of. And, and, and I have so many people to thank for that as well. Now, throughout your career, you appeared in 269 games. That's a heck of a lot of games, which is very impressive and, and incredible. Um, That's how many? Wow, I didn't even know that. Wow. I hey, played I do, that many games? I do my research. Like, oh, yeah. Man. I played that many games? Oh, <laughs> Yeah, wow. throughout your entire career, 200. That is a lot of games. Oh, man, I didn't even know that. <laughs> wow. So here's the challenging question we're going to ask you. Through mm -hmm. all, all of those games, is there one match that sticks out to you as the most exciting or difficult to compete in? Yeah, well, I, I would have to say the, the match when Canada played against Mexico at Varsity Stadium. Yep. And, and uh, we lost that game two to one. And I recall I scored the first goal. We were up one nothing. That game was significant because if we'd won that game, we would have made it to the World Cup. 
and and just the just the atmosphere and the the, the totality of the of the, the or the magnitude of the game I should say um, that that we all felt as players and as supporters and Canadians I think that that in itself was was the game and and it was a difficult game playing against Mexico we thought we could have won that game we should have won that game and um, that's the game that stands out for me and, and from a from a club perspective. Um, when we played, uh, when uh, FC, uh, when Maritimo played against Juventus in Europa, that was, I, I mean, how does it get any better than playing against Roberto Baggio, Gianluca Vialli? Oh my gosh. The list of the names on that team alone, they're all all time greats. And to be part of that and to play in those games and to be named player of the man of the match. Um, that stands out for me as well. So those two games and, and those are the two games that stand out for me. That's really cool. And yeah, game player, man of the match, like that's something incredible too. Like you said, when you're up under the same field as some of the greats and then you get the man of the match, you're like, Hey guys, I am here. Yeah. Oh yeah. I have arrived. <laughs> that's kind of the idea there. Yeah. And to exchange Jersey with Roberto Baggio, after the game was that that was quite an honor because he was a heck of a player man a heck of a player that's really cool now yeah. talking about representing your your country and, and canada in the 90s you got to represent canada on the national state team that you touched on a little bit how was that experience for you getting to wear the maple leaf on the big stage there's nothing like it the greatest honor that anyone could have representing your country and i owe so much to canada um I, I don't live in Canada. I live in the U.S. now. I've been living here for 20 years. My ex-wife is from Minnesota, and I wanted to be with my kids and, and making sure that I was around my children. And so I've, I've stayed here in the state of Minnesota, which is a beautiful state as well. But there's nothing more than putting on that jersey, walking on the field, lining up with your teammates who are like your brothers, and hearing the national anthem. Uh, it gives me goosebumps to this day, hearing the national anthem, knowing that you're representing an entire nation and people who love the sport or even people that don't love the sport are watching you. And, and so for me, there's no better feeling that one can have. And, and, and I, I still get goosebumps thinking about it, how, how blessed I am and I was to be able to represent the country that gave me so much. That's great. And you know, I, I can't say I know the Canada feeling quite yet, but I'm an athlete with Special Olympics. I've been competing baseball and basketball since 2006. And uh, our last games before the pandemic, we were at the national games out in Antigonish, Nova Scotia. So we got to represent Ontario and we ended up winning the national championship. So just kind of the same lines of hearing Oh, Canada, knowing that you represent, like, I got to represent Ontario, I was like, that's kind of cool because I never, like, competed in high school sports or, like, college sports, really. So it, it's, uh, it's always neat and humbling to, like, hear, like, to be on that stage and hear the national anthems and things like that as well. Oh, yeah, nothing beats it. I don't care what anyone says. Nothing beats that moment. It, it's just, it, it, you can't really explain it. It's just incredible. It never gets old. Every time you hear the anthem and you put on that jersey, it's, it, it's uplifting. Something spiritual about it. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. 
Now, after your career, you began managing in 2000 until 2015 with Bang UFC, followed by Minnesota Thunder and the Minnesota Twin Stars. How was that transition for you from being the player to then being on the sidelines and being the coach of these teams? First of all, I never wanted to be a coach, right? But my son, my oldest son, Teal, uh, when, when, we, when I came back to North America and we went and play, I played for uh, Kansas City Wizards and we won the 2000 MLS championship and we discovered that I had no, bone, no cartilage in my ankles. It was bone on bone. So I, that whole season, I couldn't even play. It was horrible. But we, I ended up being a part of a, the 2000 championship team, which is also a great great honor to be a part of that team, even though I didn't get an opportunity to play the way I would normally play. Um, and when I retired, my son, I think Teal must have been like nine or 10. And I really wanted to work with him. So I started working with him individually, right? Because he, he obviously he's watched his dad playing and, and he, he's following in my footsteps. So I started um, renting out a facility in, in Prior Lake where we lived and it was in the winter time. And I started just working one-on-one -on -one with my son. Then some people would come and say, hey, can, can Mike, can, what are you doing? And I'd say, I, I, Teal needed to train with. And it started like that. And so all of a sudden I had 20 kids working with them. And, and then the, 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 the president of the soccer association in Prior Lake approached me, came knocking the door and asked me if I wanted to do some stuff with the club. And I said, no, not really. But eventually I decided to do it because I wanted to be a part of my son's um, development. And it grew from there and I moved on. And, and what really attracts me to that is trying to impart the things that I've learned in the game to younger players and, and teach them it's not about winning games, right? I think a lot of people get teams wrong and it's not about team. I know people go, what are you talking about, Alex, when I say it's not about team? It ends up being about team, but it starts with you, the individual, right? So it's an individual that really goes out and gets the job done. And then all of these individuals come together and they form this force that's a team. So I try to impart that to a lot of the young players that I've worked with over the years, my son being one of them, and countless more. And most of the kids that I work with are usually kids, underprivileged kids, kids in kids that really really need that mentorship and need leadership and so that gives me joy and and i'll continue doing that until until one day i wake up and i say you know what i just don't have the energy to do it anymore i love doing it that's great and, you, and it's funny because sports is such a small tight-knit community that you never know where one thing's going to lead to. And like you said, you're just like, oh, I'll, I'll teach Teal how to play, like some tips and tricks and skills around soccer. And then a week later, you're teaching 20 kids. <laughs> exactly. And then, and then it grew up to over, you know, I have my own academy now and, and uh, it, it's grown in leaps and bounds. We've done a great job of, of developing a lot of players that have moved on to play professionally and Division One, Division Three schools, college so I just have the joy of doing this and I have some great people working with me and beside me uh, to make it all possible. So um, um, once again, I'm, I'm truly blessed, man. I'm truly blessed. That's great. And talking about Teal for a second, uh, for those that don't know, Teal currently plays for Nashville SC. Uh, mm -hmm. How is it to see your son following your footsteps and play on the pitch uh, today? Uh, awesome. 
I mean, I mean, come on. I know it's kind of like but, a, a dumb question to ask. Yeah, because, but, but yeah, no, it's not a dumb. It's a great question because because it's really yeah. You want to know what that feeling is like, and 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 once again, there's another out of body experience when when it comes to that, right? Because you're talking about your son, and he's following in your footsteps, and and what a great honor to see him wanting to to duplicate or replicate what I've done. And, and he's, he's been absolutely superb. What a great professional he's been and class act on and off the field. I couldn't be any more proud of my son. And, and of course, he's got two daughters now. So he's, given, he's, he's blessed with two beautiful daughters. So I have two granddaughters with, uh, with my son and his, his, his beautiful wife, Katie. So once again, blessings, man, blessings. See, the, thing, the reason I had, had to ask that question, I'm not a father by any means. Hopefully one day I will be. Not <laughs> a nice girl first, you know, but uh, the <laughs> was because I've, I've always heard that, like, even from my dad, like the, the fathers always, their goal is for their sons to succeed and, and always either follow in your footsteps, leading to something that they want to be passionate about or be successful in. And that's what Teal's done with you as well. Yes. And, and I couldn't, I mean, you couldn't ask for a better uh, story than that. An account of having this footsteps and being really good at it and showing, uh, showing his, uh, his talent on a daily basis, not only, like I mentioned earlier, not only on the field, but most, most importantly off the field. Uh, his kindness and his charitable work has been phenomenal over the years. That's great. Now, being a coach, as you mentioned, with your academy and, and really getting to mentor the younger generation on, on skill set around soccer and, and, and how to be a pro soccer player, when you were growing up, was there someone to you that was your biggest mentor and motivator? Yes. Um, my, my older brothers, it started off with them. My brothers, Tony and Sammy, my, my big brother, Roy. Um, my brother Morel. So I had I had those I had those brothers that were guiding and pushing me. And in you know every day you're at home and you, you get that love and that support and that tough love as well, right? But there was a coach. His name is Mike Tisale. That that to this day I don't know if I would be where I am today if not for him. Um, he took me under his wings. He made sure that from a financial standpoint that my mom didn't have to worry about anything. Um, and in many ways, that's why I do what I do, giving back to young people, because he was such a big influence in my life. Um, he taught me how to become a player of, of, of substance, not just a good player, but to, be, to have a holistic approach to the game, um, to be respectful, to be humble. Um, I had those virtues. I had those, those, those teachings at home, but to have someone outside of the house um, giving me those same instructions, giving me the tough love when it's warranted. Mike Tiseo has been instrumental to my development, not only as a player, but as, as, as a man as well. That's fantastic. Well, hey, shout out to Mike, shout out to the family and the brothers, because, uh, yeah, you always got to build a support system around you. Yes. Now, I like to end off every episode with a segment I call Words of Wisdom. I start with a segment and I end with a segment. During this Words of Wisdom, what Words of Wisdom would you like to impart to the next generation of athletes or soccer players or just athletes that want to get into sport that may be watching this? And uh, yeah, the floor is yours. I think, I think the first thing is it's all about passion. You have to have passion. If you're doing it and, you, and, it's, and there's no passion there, 
you're kind of doing it just for the sake of doing it. It's kind of like eating for the sake of eating. You have to have a purpose and you have to have a passion for the sport, whatever sport you, you, you might want to partake in. And, and you have to be able to have, make sacrifices, commitments, dedication, and, and have a sense of humbleness as well. And when I, when I speak about humbleness, I mean being able to look at yourself and say, okay, each and every day, what didn't I do right? What do I need to improve on? Gauge yourself in practice. Practice is what makes you a better player. Practice is the key. Practice when you're practicing with your team and practice, especially when you're on your own, when no one else is watching you. Then you start to develop this mentality of, of understanding that you're not going to play a perfect game. But when those struggles come, you know how to handle it because of what you've done. Proper preparations prevents poor performances. So the preparation that you put forth each and every day on your own and with your team and the passion that you have, that is the advice that I would give to every kid or the younger generation and then utilize it. And then the game is your platform to showcase yourself. That's the stage that you're on now. Boom, the lights are on. All the hard work and dedication and sacrifices that you've made, now you go on the field. So practice makes the games easier. Not easy, it makes the games easier. And so that's what I would say to all of these kids and, and follow your dreams and don't take no for an answer. Awesome. Great words of wisdom from the great Alex Bunbury. Thank you so much, Alex, for your, your time uh, and your dedication for the sport. I really appreciate it. And again, happy new year. Hope 2022 is amazing to you and your family. And uh, again, thank you for taking the time to be on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It was an honor and I appreciate it. Thank you. Happy new year to everyone. Thank you.